0: Simon and Wayne's Spiffing Review, with your hosts, Simon Jones and Wayne Bolt. Hello! Hello! I'm Simon Jones. And I'm Wayne Bolt. And once again, we're here with another belated episode of Spiffing Review. Yes, as always, we've been slightly busy because we are extremely busy people, but this time we do actually have a good excuse because we've been working on our own movie, more of which we will talk about at the end of the episode. Yes,
1: so we've only got one movie today, but before we get on to that, uh, we're going to go straight to the trailer park.
0: Yes, and this week we're going to kick off with a trailer for Tiny Furniture.
1: I was kind of hoping it was going to be about tiny furniture.
0: Yes, possibly in the kind of same vein as small soldiers, with little people running around with little furniture. Yeah, that would have been quite awesome,
1: but uh, it appears to be a Jewish chick flick. Yes Um, From just watching the trailer It seemed it was like Some girls move into each other A bloke moves in And you all go a bit Woody Allen on each other
0: Yeah It was very slice of life Sort of drama Where it's all very low key Nothing Hmm. Particularly major happens um, Or anything
1: happens really.
0: No the trailer didn't do a good job Of of selling it as As a film where things happen It has to be said Um, I think What it felt like is it looked like something that maybe would work on TV for me, or perhaps at the the theatre, but as a movie, I don't know, I mean, it's possibly a bit of a controversial way to look at things, but for cinema, I always think of it as an action-focused medium. Not as in it all has to be action movies, but... Something has to happen. Yeah, as a medium, it's like a visual action-based thing. That's its main strength. Um, Otherwise, you may as well do something as theatre or in some other format. Yeah. So a sad face for me, I'm afraid. Yeah, and a sad face for me. I
1: just I would rather just sit in a dark room for two hours. as It, it didn't to look like it. your
0: sort of thing, Wayne. Not at all, no. Right, next, we'll go to Morning Glory. Yes, which uh, I wasn't too enamoured with initially, but then I realised that Harrison Ford's in it. And
1: it looks like Harrison Ford's done a bit of a comedy skit. It looked like it was a, a more sophisticated version of Anchorman.
0: Um, yeah, from- it looked like a slightly more serious version.
1: Yeah, from what I can tell... Uh, from the trailer, it seems to be uh, an old journalist coming out of retirement. That's Harrison Ford uh, to present a new breakfast news show um, alongside uh, Diane Keaton.
0: Yes, and obviously his old-time, slightly misogynistic ways don't really blend too well with the, the kind of modern society that he finds himself in, and hilarity therefore ensues. Yeah, uh, it does look pretty entertaining. The cast looks really good. Yeah, I think. Um, Looks very slickly produced. Uh, from the trailer, which I felt gave a bit too much away, it looked like they're going down the route of how Ford is playing a complete bastard. Uh, everyone sort of loves to hate him throughout the movie, but of course he has a turnaround by the end and turns into a, a good guy. Good old
1: redeeming features.
0: Yeah, and yeah, characters being redeemed annoy me slightly because bastards should stay as bastards, if you ask me. Like in real life.
1: Yes. No, there is no redemption in real life. No,
0: No. you're doomed.
1: <laughs> right, so um, all that aside, um, a smiley face, but one slight niggle about the poster,
0: mm. which appears
1: to call the film, What's the Story, Morning Glory? Whereas the film seems to be called Morning Glory.
0: Yeah, so slightly strange marketing there. So if you actually do want to see this film or you're trying to search for it, uh, that could lead to some confusion. But apparently it is officially called Morning Glory. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Um, so, Gertie? Uh, smiley face. Yeah, a smiley face for me as well. But not a big, grinny smiley face. That's safe for one of the ones later. Yeah, just a, just, a gentle
0: smile. think yep. it looks enjoyable. Okay. Next, there's a Kevin James feature um, called Zookeeper. Yes, you may remember Kevin James from such features as... But um, uh, um, um, well, yes, Kevin James yeah. is in it. And it looks like there's lots of animals that can talk at the zoo. Was, was there a reason for at, that? At I night. I remember. Oh, oh, a monkey... Open, opened a pro, switch Yeah or something. And
1: turned some lights on Yeah um, I thought it was Another remake Of A Night in the Museum
0: Yeah it did have that Kind of look yeah. um, Except the no-, no Ben Stiller Yeah None of the museum <laughs> films While silly Actually did what they were doing Quite well uh, And had a cast That could kind of Hold that sort of thing together Was this it It's has, got Kevin James Yeah it's got Kevin James Who's done You know other stuff Yeah uh, and, and a whole load of CG Animals didn't really grab me. No. But then I'm probably not the target audience for that kind of film. <laughs> no. So for kids, uh, I imagine it'll be great fun. Yeah, yeah. I imagine so. Um, I've given it an ambivalent face. Yeah, yeah, I think it would be unfair to completely dismiss it because we're quite clearly not the target audience. Then again, mm. we're not the target audience for Tiny Furniture, but we completely trash that. So yep. that's fair for you. Yes. Uh, next one
1: is Skyline.
0: Yeah, which appears to be a blend of Cloverfield, District 9, uh, and Independence Day. All in one film. No, that's pretty much what I was writing down as well. Although yeah.
1: I, I included Godzilla and War of the Worlds. It's that sort of whole mashup. up yes. of it.
0: Yeah. Although Cloverfield was kind of a mashup of those already. Yeah. So basically <laughs> it's like every big sci-fi movie uh, mashed together. Well, we've not really
1: had the big sci-fi movie this summer, have we?
0: no not really and we haven't had um, a sort of a big disaster movie since 2012 I guess Mm -hmm. Um, was that this year or was that last year that was last year wasn't it It was uh, um, Was it it was last year
1: last year because we reviewed it
0: didn't we yeah it's confusing it should have come out out in 2012 yeah next year They, they missed a trick there they did no 2011 next year Is it? Well, it depends
1: when they're listening to this. It's near the
0: end of 2010,
1: so next year when they're listening to this could be 2012. If
0: you're listening to this too early or too late, uh, stop listening and then come back to it in in a year or so. Okay. Um, It looks quite entertaining. Yep. Um, It looked. It's like one of those films that could get a bit carried away with its special effects. Yeah, but sometimes a bit of uh, overindulgence is quite fun. Yeah, and on the plus side, the special effects that were there did look quite inventive yep. and a bit different from the usual thing. It also looked like it had quite a good sense of humour. Yeah. Uh, well, at the same time, looking like it had a kind of horror element, and that it could actually be quite atmospheric. It, it it didn't take itself so seriously that it it didn't have some amusing dupery. Yep, quite
1: tongue-in-cheek so no surprises here smiley face smiley face, smiley face. and last but not least uh, one of our favourites we keep coming back to um, this seriously was on one of the uh, on the random selection uh, pr- approach we use well it's not really random it's a set selection just going to the Apple website and just picking the top five movies um, and it's Tron Legacy
0: yes which we may have covered in the past I think uh, we did a Tron special we did. once upon a time Uh, Many, many months ago Uh, Being Tron fans We are looking forward to this But of course, being Tron fans We could also be Extremely suspicious Of what's going on uh, With the Tron sequel Because it's being made By quite different people With a very different style uh, Slightly new casts And some old faces returning But on the whole I'm, I'm quite positive and optimistic about it
1: yeah the, the trailer itself had lots of old Tron references which is very cool to get people back into it again. although most people probably know what Tron is by now it's been going long, long enough that if you didn't you probably would have watched it on DVD or you know, if you're not one of the original generation like us who saw it
0: yeah I think it's probably more well known now than it was when it first came yeah. out in fact just because it kind of found its way on DVD and yep. VHS and that kind of thing
1: anyway the trailer seems to give away insofar as to give what's going on Flynn has disappeared uh, and has left the sun. Then we jump forward a few years. The sun goes to try and find Flynn and it appears at Flynn's in the, in the Tronosphere. The, the Tronosphere. Yeah. yeah that's not- the technical term <laughs> yeah. for it. Yeah. Um, and there's some rescue going on. But I think it looks like a well-updated version of the original Tron. Yeah. It's still got that um, look and feel
0: about it, which is really important. Definitely. I think what works really cleverly is that it feels like the same world, but two decades later essentially which is what it should be (laughs) because it's the digital world now compared to what it was in the early 80s
1: and something we both commented on the end of it was it's actually the first film we're looking forward to seeing in 3d
0: yeah because i look forward to seeing avatar in 3d and i think it did help that film to create its sense of this alien world but since then i've not really been particularly bothered by 3d it's largely irrelevant i think um when it does work in a film you you mostly don't notice it but I think in Tron because of the type of setting it's got and the kind of computer game influence I think it will work really well and I'm not sure if this is true but I did hear somewhere that the real world segments won't be in 3D it's only the stuff in the game world that will be which I think is a really good idea because they're actually using it to back up the story rather than just because they can
1: Yep. and and it um, harks back to like Wizard of Oz as I was mentioning to you earlier. Yes, that yes, whole sort of from, from black and white to yeah, color.
0: Exactly. So I think that could be quite special, actually. Yep. So um, have a guess for that one. Uh, well, I've got a really big face with a giant grin, so it's a it's a colon capital D for me. Oh, went like geeky uh, yeah. speaky there. Yeah, geeky speaky. Right,
1: just excuse me. Second, while I just adjust my microphone.
0: Adjusted. Adjusted. Marvelous. So, yeah, so a good selection of trailers there. Uh, <laughs> still adjusting your microphone there, oh, Wayne. so careful
1: to make sure I didn't bang into it.
0: Sorry, let's, so, s- we'll let's carry on. Let's start again. I um, might even cut that back. out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a good selection of trailers there. Slightly more sci-fi than usual, which pleases us greatly. And uh, we shall now move on to our review of the week. <laughs> if, if Wayne will stop hitting his microphone. So, this week we are reviewing The Social Network. The latest film from David Fincher Who is most known for Fight Club And Seven And uh, that kind of stuff And The Curious Case of Benjamin Button Benjamin Benjamin. Right, yes Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah Benjamin Button was the, the last film I saw of his I, I missed um, a couple um, but Benjamin, Yeah, I've,
1: I've not seen Benjamin Button Yeah, I it's, it's, it's a
0: curious departure I mean, technically it's astonishing But the thing that Fincher does really well Is kind of un- uncompromised, non-sentimental drama hmm. Um because you know, Fight Club shows this guy completely falling apart and can't cope with his work life and all this kind of stuff. And if it was done by someone who kind of flinched at that story, yeah. it wouldn't work. Well, but not, Fincher not, not is David unflinching. Flincher. Exactly, <laughs> David Fincher wouldn't do it. Mm. Uh, and yeah, Benjamin Button was a bit too sentimental; didn't really fit his style. Uh, Social Network, on the other hand, has characters that suit his uh, approach very, very well.
1: Yeah, it was written by Aaron Sorkin, who's my uh most well-known for *The West Wing*, uh, which I haven't seen.
0: I've seen uh, a few episodes, and uh, you can definitely tell it's him. It's the the kind of rolling dialogue style where it essentially doesn't stop from the moment the film starts, and yep. you really you have to pay attention to what's being said because it won't let up at any point.
1: Yeah, um, so but we're we'll coming to that in a minute. Um, I'm just going to hear it. it's based on the the book *The Accidental Billionaires* by Ben Mesrich um, which I've not read, so it might be good who knows
0: yeah what I don't know is whether the book is fictional or a kind of factual historical uh, analysis of Facebook the film obviously is is fictionalised but I don't know what the book source yeah. is
1: well we'll come on to that in a minute shall we um, of course we're just going to talk about about letting our little listeners know uh, what the film's about in case you haven't seen it of course um, so Social Network is a dramatised and embellished version of events concerning the creation of Facebook and it looks at four friends who created the idea uh, some rivals, and then the uh,
0: lawsuits that followed its creation. Yeah, which sounds incredibly boring. It sounds like the most tedious film ever made, and I think when it was first announced, that's kind of what everyone thought.
1: Yeah. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't like sound as like a great sort of thing. I was mostly thinking we are
0: going to see people do Facebook updates and stuff all the way through. <laughs> yeah, and upload some photos. Yeah, yeah, which would have been quite exciting. Um, but yeah, what what it manages to do is is take all this and and dramatise it in a way that works superbly well helped by uh, an extremely capable cast yep well the story
1: itself is told in a series of flashbacks uh, which is conveying the testimonies of the uh, participants there's two multi-billion dollar legal um, lawsuits going on uh, between Mark Zuckerberg who's played by Jesse Eisenberg Uh, Mark Zuckerberg it's not Bergs Um, Mark Zuckerberg is the creator of Facebook Yes. Well, with his with his buddies but he's pretty much the driving force behind it uh, so you've got Mark Zuckerberg versus his one time dorm mate I suppose you'd call it Eduardo Saverin uh, he was one of the original four who came up with the idea of the Facebook as it was originally called yeah I and mean, he came in as the main financier at the start yep and then the other case uh, deals with the Winklevoss twins or Winklevoss or Winklevai we Winkle. yeah I suppose it's more one of them than the Winklevai indeed um, and a chap of theirs, whose name I can't remember, and it wasn't really important, yeah the other guy, and the other guy um, who um, according to the film anyway, uh, appeared to come up with the Harvard connection or they did come up with the Harvard connection, which they say um, Zuckerberg uh, copied for Facebook yeah uh, so we follow uh, Mark Zuckerberg as he creates Face Smash first of all, which is a website a website a website to compare the hotness of girls at Harvard. And this is just following a split from
0: his, and um, this is where it gets fictional, isn't it? His girlfriend here in the in the film, I think. Yeah, there's uh, a kind of girlfriend character that runs through the plot in yeah. a way, and apparently that is entirely fictional. Yeah,
1: uh, called Erica Albright, but because she's fictional, it doesn't matter. Um, and then uh, from doing that, he's then contacted by the Vinkelvoss twins to do the programming for the Harvard connection, but Mark doesn't do it. But instead, he writes uh, face or well, v Facebook with some of his roommates. Uh, Then the rest of the film follows along at the growing success of Facebook and then shows the various conflicts and fallings out between the protagonists and shows how once big money gets involved, um, people start treading over uh, other people.
0: Yeah, Um, I think what makes it quite entertaining from the very beginning is that it is essentially this, this story of big business and capitalism except on a university campus. And it kind of shows these kids who are starting all these kind of enterprises much earlier than previous generations ever have so you've got people that are creating these monolithic giant websites that are changing the world except they're doing it when they're like 21 yeah. so hence Zuckerberg is now the world's youngest billionaire yeah. um, and that in itself gives the film quite a unique feel, I think, because there's been various films showing people making amazing successes of themselves, but they're not usually kids.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the interesting things as well, about uh, talking about um, looking at how these people uh, rise up to become billionaires and stuff, usually in these sorts of films, the the main protagonist is actually a bit of a hero who you sort of root for. Now, when I was watching the film, the only character I seemed to have any sort of sympathy for uh, was Eduardo Savarin, because everyone else seemed to be a bit... Well, not the sort of person I'd really want to hang around with, or, or yeah, even I think want to get to
0: know. Eduardo's only flaw is is a lack of ambition, really, and he doesn't quite have the the wide vision that some of the other characters in, in the film do. And because of that, he gets uh, well. We won't spoil it, but it doesn't go well for him. Mm. Um, and yeah, I think it is fascinating that the film is essentially populated with quite unpleasant characters. Um, I think different people react differently to them. I I didn't find them so bad, partly because I found them all so fascinating. And I think Zuckerberg, in particular, I found quite hilarious in his bizarre ways that he interacts with people around him, uh, in in that he's kind of... It's this rationalist, logical approach that's almost kind of Spock-like in how he approaches people, yet despite having this undercurrent of kind of jealousy and his sort of desire to be something yeah. else well, well,
1: well despite the fact that we've already uh, mentioned that the film is a fictionalised version art, from what I've uh, read elsewhere that portrayal of Zuckerberg is actually uh, quite accurate, particularly in the way he interacts with other people mm. um, whereas some of the other things that go on in the film obviously there's a bit more poetic licence in there with um, uh, various bits and pieces Yeah, I did read
0: um, that uh, although Jesse Eisenberg has been quite lauded for his performance as Zuckerberg Uh, there was one criticism which was that he does use his eyebrows a little bit in the film and apparently Zuckerberg never moves his eyebrows so you know, that was an oversight That's That's interesting that because
1: Facebook being called Facebook obviously um, relies on the face which is quite
0: important you survive apparently. indeed indeed. I think one thing that was interesting about the movie is it made the point or kind of raised something that I wasn't aware of which is the Facebook idea essentially came out of stuff that was already happening at American universities and was a fairly standard thing there and it kind of just blossomed out of that into an yep. online version um, which I wasn't aware of I thought it was you know a completely new thing but it's in some ways it's it's less revolutionary and less New than I realised. Yeah. Um, I think what's amusing all the way through is that the main driving force behind a lot of these characters is girls, because these are nerds who just want to get with girls essentially, or they're jocks that just want to get with girls. Yeah. Um, And it kind of shows in a lot of ways that the motivation for these guys isn't necessarily money and power, it's actually they just want to get with some girls. Yeah. Um, Which, yeah, the whole film's got this kind of bizarre juxtaposition of these people that become incredibly powerful and yet don't seem to be always that bothered by power in the same way you'd expect them to be Mm-hmm. So yes, excellent cast, excellent writing. Yeah, well, we'll um, just talk
1: a bit more about the cast. We're we'll talking mm-hmm. about Jesse Eisenberg in a minute. Um, so Jesse Eisenberg, obviously from Zombieland, um, was playing Mark Zuckerberg. Then we had Eduardo Saverin, uh, was played by Andrew Garfield, who, who I think must be a British actor. Yeah, he's British, yep. and he's going on to play
0: uh, Peter Parker in the next Spider-Man. Yes, he is. Yeah,
1: He's also been in The Imaginarium with Dr. Panassus, mm-hmm. and has also been in Doctor Who,
0: apparently. Hmm. He was also on the, the first episode of... The new film 2010 BBC film show, uh, being interviewed live at an after-show party, where he appeared to be completely drunk. Hey. So that was quite amusing. Good. Yeah. Uh, we don't necessarily
1: condone um, drinking. Um, if you want to do it, do it. But yeah. But if you're going obviously.
0: to do it, probably don't do it live on TV. It's yeah. a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so moving on, we then have
1: Justin Timberlake. Uh, who's a well-known American pop star uh, who, who's playing Sean Parker who's the co-founder of a uh, little-known website called Napster.
0: Yes, and Tim Blake is surprisingly good in the role. He's been in a few films now and I think every time he's in something people basically go, he was surprisingly good in that. And uh, he seems to be finding himself to be quite a good little actor. Yep. So even if you're not a fan of his music he's uh, yeah, crafting himself a new career there. Yep. Uh,
1: other mentions should go to Army Hammer. As in A-R-M-I-E, not army. As yeah. in... Huh, huh. Well, that's America footballers, though, isn't it? Yeah, whoa. That's
0: yeah. what you're thinking of. Yeah,
1: um, Who plays Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss.
0: Yeah, and this is something that only David Fincher would do. Because you've got these twin characters in the film. Uh, most directors would find twins to play the twins, because that's a lot easier to do than what Fincher did, which was cast one guy and have him play both twins, except he had a body double all the way through the film playing the other twin and then they face replaced him yeah. all the way through the movie which is insane
1: well one of the things are, I think it's very hard to find two six foot five
0: um, jocks yes, they were twins
1: true. you can also act I think is probably the reason
0: why they yeah and in a tall queen. order I guess uh, yeah. but yeah quite remarkable technology there because you really wouldn't guess at all and I think that combined with some stuff to do with Avatar that we spoke about back in when we reviewed Avatar which is that there's a lot of exciting stuff with special effects going on that enables the use of it in areas where it's not you know you don't notice it and it's not for a sci-fi use it's actually just doing things that you couldn't do on film before that's really exciting so
1: that's very good and and as a quick aside to that um, Cameron and Tyler Vinkelvoss who were real uh, in real life went on to compete in the Royal Olympics in Beijing, mm-hmm. I think mean, it was. Um, but I won't spoil it as to why they came, just in case you see when they did repeat. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't one, two, three, or five.
0: Uh, yes, yeah, a bit, bit like uh, with uh, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. Oh well. Yeah, I think the most remarkable thing about the film is that it's already been made. Because usually Hollywood takes quite a while to make films about real life events. Like if you look at how they cover wars, for example, it's usually like ten years later. Yeah, plus. but to be fair,
1: it's not that remarkable. It's been made. Otherwise, it wouldn't be sitting here reviewing a film that hasn't been made yet.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it'd be more remarkable if we were reviewing it before it'd been made. Obviously, that would be particularly impressive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's this this the, the sense that the, the Sorkin and Fincher were able to actually analyze Facebook and do a movie. About it so soon?
1: Well, yeah, but most of that's been done based on the book, *The Accent of Billionaire*. So a lot mm. of the research has already been done. So they're just obviously adapting the screenplay for it, adding their own bits in to make it uh, a bit more exciting. And this is bizarre because actually it was quite exciting, even though there's nothing in it which I say was particularly exciting. No, there's nothing traditionally no. exciting
0: about it. But it oh, is... it's
1: quite fun watching some people do some coding near the yeah. start. It that plays out quite... like a thriller, yeah.
0: Somehow, yeah. Um, I think the only, the only, uh, the only real problem I can find with it, to be honest, which is due to when it was made as well, the fact that this is still an ongoing thing, is that the film doesn't really have an ending. Uh, it just kind of stops um, halfway through the story in in some ways. Uh, and You you, you, you sort of want to see what happens. Yes, you almost wish that it had been made ten years later so that we could see what happened to Facebook and Zuckerberg yeah. and all the other people. Yeah. And uh, But, but yeah. we're living it in a minute. Exactly, we can watch it for real.
1: Yeah, know? it's like when the Berlin Wall came down. That was like history in... in yeah, it, in
0: progress it, or, or like any other real thing that's happened at any point same sort of thing
1: yeah so overall then Simon what did you think of it
0: uh, very impressed um, yeah I think it's probably my favourite film of the year uh, surprisingly which I wasn't really expecting no, more um, favourite than Scott Pilgrim I think so not by much there's a lot of good films this year so I'm looking forward to doing our year roundup. Yeah. Um, but yeah a lot of a lot of films that I think will remain as classics for me uh, yeah. and Social Network's definitely one of them.
1: Yeah. Well, I, I really liked it as well. Um, I was quite surprised of how much I did actually like it. Uh, it's well worth seeing uh, and it, it's, what, it's quite a long film, isn't it, as well? I mean, yeah, it's I mean, a good two hours plus. Yeah, um, but it doesn't feel it, though.
0: No, I think the other thing, you might think that due to the subject matter that it's something you'll catch on DVD or on TV later on but it is actually quite a... Cinematic movie That really sort of I mean that's, that's how it kind of transcends The the fact that they're just sitting in meetings Having chats Because yeah. the way it's made Is is very kind of operatic and big
1: Yeah So very good If you haven't seen it yet um, Go and see it and, then, and, and enjoy it
0: Yes let us know what you think So yes moving on One last item today
1: Yes it's the reason why uh, We've been a bit remiss in Updating you with our movie reviews For the past two or three months now I think
0: Yes, we've been working on a short film Which is uh, known by the name Arms Race This is something we've actually been working on for about a year and a half now uh, From initial conception through to completion Um, And we're very pleased that it's actually going to premiere this Saturday um, Which again, depending on when you listen to this, could mean absolutely nothing (laughs) Um, But regardless of when you listen to it, as long as it is after this Saturday Which is the 11th, I believe 13th 13th well, one of those dates. Um, if you go On November. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, 2010. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this movie will be online as well, so you can go find it. And, and where can
1: they find it, Simon?
0: Well, they can find it, Wayne, at the armsracemovie.com website. Uh, and you can already find uh, some posters and behind-the-scenes information there. So if you're interested in how to make a, a steampunk, nostalgic look back at the Crimean mm. War... Uh, with robots, then that's the place to go.
1: Yeah, and um, seeing as we've been talking about the social network and Facebook if you're so inclined, you can also look up the Arms Race movie
0: uh, group on Facebook. Yes and uh, if you care to like us there, then uh, we'll, we'll like you back not in a weird way.
1: No but uh, we're, not, we're not strange crazy internet
0: stalkers. No, now, talking of which um, one interesting thing after watching the social network is that when you get home and uh, go to update your status update to say how much you enjoyed it it does feel a little bit weird. So yeah, that's that's something to think about.
1: And there we go. Okay, so thanks so much for joining us. Uh, we have no idea when we will be back again. Um, yeah, we're not going to make Sam, any promises. No, as Simon said, we'll, we'll probably have a uh, end of year look back at the movies we've seen. Um, maybe we'll fit another movie or two in uh, between then. But some exciting movies coming up this year. We obviously with the um, some of the films you mentioned, in the trailer park, but most yeah, importantly. <laughs> Zookeeper. Uh, most importantly, of course, Tron Legacy*, uh, which is going to be awesome.
0: Yes, it better be.
1: Yeah. Now, just you see what I did there? I reviewed a film you haven't seen yet. Yep. So it can be done. It's
0: talking about the future.
1: Yeah. Wow. Excellent. But it depends on you listening to this because it might be in the past.
0: Yeah. Anyway.
1: So uh, until next time, it's goodbye. Yes. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. <laughs> If you'd like to contact us, you can email Simon and Wayne at spiffingreview.com, follow us on Twitter at spiffingreview, or visit our website spiffingreview.com. Thanks for listening.